Hey everyone, welcome back to Project Mayday. These are your hosts, G and Bree. We have a unique podcast for you today. We have Pranay Mungermalani, who actually is kind of the trifecta of first responders. And we're going to explore his journey going to a PTSD retreat. So this is actually going to be the first part where he is before he is heading there. And then we will interview the second part when he heads back. And we're going to see the effects, if it's positive or negative, of a PTSD retreat. And uh, something special about him. He is Indian. My man. (laughs) My man. (laughs) A a pleasure to have you on, buddy, because I thought I was the only one in this field. So uh, glad to have another one of my brothers from back back when uh, on, buddy. Thank you for coming on. um, I do want to highlight Pranay actually is in the Air National Guard currently. He did a small stint as a law enforcement officer, and he's currently a firefighter EMT with Cal Fire. So when I said trifecta, he's really hit first responders, law enforcement, firefighter, and EMS. Absolutely. In so military. Wel- welcome on, buddy. Hi, Pranay. I appreciate it. Thanks for having me on. How are you guys? Good, good. So let's just start off, man. Hit it right off the bat. Um, tell us a little bit. Tell us, you know, tell us a little bit about yourself. Um, you know, did you were you born in India or did you emigrate this way? What, what's going on? Yeah, absolutely. Um, no, I grew up in the Bay Area, uh, born in the East Bay. Uh, to my parents, my dad's half Pakistani, half Indian, and my mom's Indian, and they moved out here in the late '80s. Um, had me two uh, two younger brothers, so I was born stateside. Uh, but definitely grew up in a very, you know, traditional style household. Um, and yeah, you know, it, it was, it was nice growing up in the Bay area. It was, it was definitely difficult for me. Um, uh, never really followed that track. I'd say as a typical Indian guy, you know, I'm not a doctor. I'm not working for an <laughs> IT company. Hey, absolutely. And, uh, you know, yeah. Even this day still shunned by some of the family members. So, um, yeah, it, it was hard. It was hard growing up and I feel it was hard. Uh, you know, G were at the same age, right? So it's like growing up in that nine eleven era. Mm. We joke about it, but um, you know, deep down, you know, there's some shit that uh, you know I'm, I'm never okay with. You know, and, and that was tough. That was tough to deal with growing up in that area that, that's, that's typically blue collar, as we call it. You know, career field. Yeah, uh, yeah you know, uh, I definitely had the chance to go down the wrong path in the Bay Area. There's a lot of things that could be gone. A lot of people I hung out with who I shouldn't have hung out with and um you know thank god my mom got me in boy scouts and kind of <laughs> that went through that whole program as explorers and got my little eagle scout but that <laughs> kept me out of the streets that kept me out of doing you know a lot of dumb stuff and gone through that wrong class and mm-hmm. unfortunately a lot of friends who are you know locked up or uh you know you know even, even dead right now so um yeah i do that just 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 had that passion of helping people through, through boy scouts and gone the whole explorer thing in the peninsula and uh um, yeah, just, just through that. Here I am. No. And I think it's important to have an outlet, you know, how you, you, you were saying you grew up, you know, post nine eleven. I, I felt the same, you know, raft of, of, uh, society and lumping you in with, you know, um, being a terrorist or, or whatever the case may right. be, you know, so I definitely, this is the first time I've we've had you know an Indian on the podcast, and I definitely feel the same way about about society and how social media or I mean social media wasn't really around back then, but the news and how that plays a role in how they 
you know, how they perceive a group of people. And we got lumped into, yeah. we got lumped into that. And that's, you know, super unfortunate, but that's made us who the men we are today, you know? And, uh, yeah, yeah absolutely. and it definitely encouraged me to be a helper and to be a, uh, you know, lifesaver being a fireman, you know, that definitely got me into that, into that realm was the way I was being treated because I wanted to, I wanted a different, uh, I wanted them to have a different outlook on, on our people. Yeah, no, I, and, and that definitely was a huge point of me joining that career field over the law enforcement or enlisting in the U S air force. Um, but I, I'm, I'm sure you've experienced that as well. I mean, there's plenty of houses that I can name off right off my head of people that, you know, I took into custody that, you know, requested a white officer or I wasn't going to go into that house because, you know, I was the only, guy of color on that engine crew hmm. so yeah. i mean that that, that shit still happens so. it's very real absolutely so something that you did say you said you knew you wanted to get into a field to help people and you were a boy scout and you were eagle scout um it's very <laughs> interesting that now you're yeah. headed into a ptsd retreat so you are now maybe helping yourself so can you tell us how mental health has affected your life so i never thought all this extra shit of, of drinking, of thoughts of suicide, of thoughts of just not wanting to wake up and depression would come from any of this. You know, I thought it was a cool thing when the fire engine showed up to my little Cub Scout troop and the little lights and the sirens and the jaws of life. And the cop came with the shiny badge and the blue light. You know, I, I never thought ever that I would like, well, I'm, I'm fucked up. Like, this is not cool. Like, I never thought that, um, you know, seeing uh, dead children and shooting situations and seeing people die. Um, and that compounding with home life problems put me into this extremely dark spot. So yeah. um, it sucked. So I'm in a super dark place right now. And um, I just uh, I never thought any of this would come, you know, so mm. it's like different feelings of me wanting to blame the agency for making me work so much overtime during the absolute worst fire season of the year. Thank you. 2020. <laughs> One more thing, <laughs> you know, like, like, thanks, you know, um, or, uh, you know, just even sitting at the firehouse for days or not getting along with your significant other at home, whatever the case may be, or, or a rough call, but that rough call, that rough call, that rough call, mm -hmm. everything added up and, and, uh, yeah, I was done. I was, I was done. No. Oh, I want to highlight that you are, you know, seeking help. And that's that's the main point of this. You know, it's uh, not that you're in a in a slump or, you know, you got family problems and work problems, but you're you're actively looking for a way out, climbing, mm -hmm. climbing out of that, climbing out of that rut and um, getting yourself back to 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 where you want to be. And that's what we should highlight is you're you're fighting for yourself. You know, I think that's the main, main thing here. Yeah. And I think, too, Absolutely. I think the intersections of who you are, you're a male, you know, you're perceived as an alpha male military. You had law enforcement, you're fire, you know, you are um, younger. Right. And you have all of these hats that you wear. And so I'm sure it was really hard for you to admit, hey, I'm kind of struggling here. I mean, I I would imagine if I was in your shoes, that maybe that journey was difficult to maybe ask for help? It absolutely was. And the, seriously, the only thing that, that saved this was 
like another brother in the fire service. Mm. It happened to be one of my best friends. You know, I was one of his grooms at his wedding. Another firefighter medic for Cal Fire. And, um, you know, he was the first guy to really call. And I was like, dude, I don't know what to do. And uh, immediately I went down and spent quite some time with him at his house, with him and his wife. And, uh, you know, I definitely credit him for, for saving my life. Mm. If I didn't go to see, if I didn't go talk to him, and I'm open about it now because I feel like that hopefully I'm on the, the upper end of things and this retreat will hopefully put some closure to the pain that I've had or having, I should say. But I think that uh, I'm not even just preaching on like my, my union and what they're doing for me, um, sending me to this retreat uh, because I reached out to a fellow brother, but more or less the best friend who cares about department he works for. And he reached out to another guy who was like, Hey, here, here's a resource that you can call. It was just someone cool. It wasn't someone who was like some some weird therapist or something. I don't know. <laughs> doesn't understand. Like I hate that. You know. It's yeah. like I, like oh really? Like thank you for your service. Like I don't need to hear that shit. You know. I understand that, and that's why I think that what you what you guys are doing like is awesome because like I know it's a heroic. I I know. Yes, I know we're on the front page of the newspaper. I know that. Like I get it. Like, we understand this shit. Yeah. And when you get put up on a pedestal, you know, it's hard to reach out and say you're not perfect. It was, you know, I did a few podcasts this year and uh, like black rifle coffee company. They reached out to veterans and, um, awesome company. They they gave out veterans in the fire service and gave coffee out free to a bunch of Cal fire stations. But it was hard because after that podcast ended, it was like, you know, I'm pretty screwed up. You know, the podcast is, you know, talking about the jobs and how we run into burning buildings and we all do that or do CPR on a two-year-old. It's great. But at the same time, it's like, there's part of me that regrets his career. Absolutely. It's like, what did I get himself? Maybe my mom was right. Maybe I should have just got a job and went and got my bachelor's degree, like the traditional path and sat in the office. and Never had to do CPR in the snow on a two-year-old, mm. you know. Mm. And that's... And no, man, just a, a little bit to that, because I I felt the same way, you know, with my with my parents and whatnot. However, you know, the higher being whoever you, you know, you think right. that is gave, you, you know, gave you this life because you were strong enough to live it. And I think that's what, you know, we have to come back to is we were given this life because we're strong enough to live the life that you've chosen to live. So don't forget that, man. Absolutely. You know, and I I mean, I agree with that, too. And at the same time. You know, your career, the problem with our careers is that it defines us. That's the problem is we attach to the label, right? Like I, if people say, what do you do? The first thing I say is paramedic, right? Even though I'm also a teacher and I'm also all these things. It's like, that's my identity. An awesome mother. Thank you. (laughs) I have a bunch of kids. Um, No, but that it's linked to our identity. So the thought of maybe even doing a career change, I think is terrifying, because you're like, do you want to leave a part oh. of your identi- identity? Absolutely. And, it, and it's it's one of those careers, like as a paramedic, if I never was, I'm like, oh, do you need CPR on somebody? <laughs> like, you know, like, <laughs> you, and it's hard. It's, it's hard. Even like, I remember, you know, when, when you were dating or something like that on your first date, like, like, can we stop talking about my job, please? But it's one of those careers that people are so interested in. Mm-hmm. It's like, not everyone's like, oh, you're a fireman? Like, I, yeah, but... I'm trying to date you, like, yeah. what about me as myself? And even just by talking to somebody, it's, that's why it's like, no, I don't want to wear any fire stuff off here, off duty, you know? It's like, I just, 
and that's hard. It's hard because mm-hmm. it is one of those career fields. But, and you know, you talk about your first date and whatnot. Um, so I want to kind of dive into into the relationship aspect of it because I know that's a big thing of why you're going to this retreat. Um, talk about that a little bit. Talk about you know the love of your life and how that's what what's going on with that right now. Well, you know, I I, I really I don't want to dive too much into it, hundred um, percent. But it's um, it's hard, you know. Um, I think that I can say this is whatever you know, significant other that you have, or or home life, whoever that may be, a relationship with you know your wife or your husband. Um, it's hard because this this career takes a lot out of you. So having that stable home life is is crucial. And if you don't have that stable home life and you know you drive home to work and you know that two-hour drive or however long that commute is you're dreading going home because you know that home life is going to be equally or even more stressful mm. as if you just evacuating you know 8,000 homes in paradise years ago that is you know there's a problem there there's a disconnect mm-hmm. there mm-hmm. there's a problem where I was hoping that I get forced on duty at work just so I don't have to go there Wow. Or I can't wait to go to work, you know, and that, and that, that, that that's the difficult part about it. Mm-hmm. So um, it's a really good that, excuse, though. <laughs> it's a really good excuse, yeah. right? Like I'm forced hired. Sorry, I can't come home to avoid problems. Absolutely. And that's what I did for years. That's what I did for a lot of years mm-hmm. was just swept stuff underneath the carpet and tried to help, tried to help and never took care of myself. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I always wish I regret that I, that I had to even. I regret and I don't at the same time that, you know, I'm falling, flying to Colorado for a week and a half to go to this retreat because it's like, well, if I took care of myself after so many prior years, maybe I wouldn't have to get this place where, um, you know, I, I've just been sober now for the last three, four days. Mm. I just made that choice. But the last, you know, three or four, maybe even longer than that, you know, I was drinking heavy every day, mm-hmm. every day. Cause that was the only thing that helped. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, so, uh, yeah. Yeah, it's tough. The home life's tough. So you got to have a stable home life, or at least try to for at least one jobs. It's like you need somebody. Yep. And if somebody's not your spouse and somebody is your brother or sister, just like you said, who saved your life, right? It does take a community. And I think that's why we're so passionate about Project Maydays. It is about starting the conversation. Right now, life sucks. And then you add in more trauma. And then you add in a disruptive home life and then you add in and then, you know, at some point, you know, now you're going to a PTSD retreat and you're making this pivot in your life, which we're hoping is going to be um, this great transformation where you learn at least a few coping mechanisms and being sober for three days. I mean, that by itself is difficult. Right. You said you were drinking heavily for I mean, all these things. Life is constantly evolving. So if, if you could say something to yourself right now, okay, of who you are right now, the Pranay you are right now, um, what would you say to yourself before going to the retreat? What do you want out of the retreat? Uh, don't, <laughs> if I was talking to Pranay, I'd say, Pranay, don't, don't quit on yourself. You know, don't, don't, don't procrastinate, see this thing through. Cause that's what I feel like in life recently, I haven't seen things through mm. um, so just, just like follow through follow through with the commitment you know you're going to do something to say it and you do it so what are you hoping to uh, oh. the you know the part two that we're going to do with you 
what's the hope or the aspiration of what you're going to get out of it or what you're hoping to hoping to trans you know big transcend. thing that happened big thing that happened in my career that really set me off this dark I guess road that I want off was uh, you know last year uh, almost the date um, like I said there was a, a two year old uh, did CPR on him uh, and it was uh, it was hard um, obviously didn't didn't work out um, the deputy there wasn't able to uh, pronounce the child. Mm. Uh, they knew I was in law enforcement before. The mother was right there. So not only did I do CPR and work with this child for that law, I had pronounced the child to the mother there. Um, so that was hard. And I had almost an identical call like that when I was 18 years old, mm. um, working down um, when I was working through the wildland stuff um, in Sequoia National vehicles into the river and almost had almost the identical thing minus the pronouncing part and um that coupled with this year um in fact like you said 2020 is not a good year you know people just aren't happy whether you're on the corona train or not or you believe all this what the fact is like it's just a lot of people have lots of jobs a lot of people can't do what they want to do this year and um this year is hard mm-hmm. um I feel like any day you could do this job and you see a home and, you know, you do your job, you put out the fire. But this year I felt just hit a little bit different um, when it came to the amount of wildfires and the amount of homes that I saw and the amount of death that I saw, unfortunately, through the wildfires this year, which was rough. So all that just kind of set me back a little bit. And I felt weak because I'm not that guy. Quote, not that Mm -hmm. guy. I was always a hard, like, People would come to me, and I was listening if they wanted to get stuff done. Like, Pernay, knock it out. You know, Pernay does whatever. Pernay does this. Pernay. Um, so, so uh, you know, there, there's people in my life that I kind of opened up to a little bit, and they put a cold shoulder to me because it's like, uh, Pernay don't be a pussy. Mm-hmm. And I was like, okay, well, thanks. You know, I appreciate it. But it's like, I know, because I know, like, I'm with it. You know, like I've been to boot camp. I've been through a police mm-hmm. academy. I've been through a fire academy. Like I understand how to get yelled at. I know that paramilitary aspect of things, but, um, yeah, so I was scared. I was scared to reach out for help a little bit. because I, I don't want to be judged. No, yeah. and, uh, no, it's, it's what you need at that moment. I mean, we, you, people should be able, or not people, but there's certain instances where tough love is, is warranted. You know, um, there's certain instances where, you know, love and compassion and empathy is warranted. And in in your case, it's love and empathy mm-hmm. and, and compassion and and finding similarities on how, you know, you and I are the same and whatnot to to get right. you to in the right mindset to go to the retreat and, 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 you know, get something out of it. But if you're, if you know, your advice is, Hey man, just toughen up, stop being a pussy. That's not the right mindset to go into a, you know, PTSD, uh, you know, camp or, or whatnot. It's not the right mindset to go into. So you need to definitely have, or we, sorry, you need to definitely have people around us that, that encourage us for the circumstances that we're in. Mm-hmm. And not not just call you a pussy because that's the only thing that they know, you know how to come at you with. Absolutely, I think the generation now that we're in is we're looking at that our supervisors. You know, I'm, I'm definitely on that that track to be that as well. But you know, my old senior captain, the time, you know, they their senior supervisors 
were the Vietnam vet. You mm-hmm. know, they were the old school guys. So it's like, so it's like, I can't even blame some of my supervisors for not necessarily knowing it because they haven't just been shown the way. You know, I think I think in our generation that we're getting affected by it, and it's just a lot of people are like, yeah, there's the EAP number posted over there in the lockers, right above the urinal. You know, call that to be able to help. You know, that one board that you don't even see, and I'm like, <sighs> right. Well, I need more than that. I like yeah. I don't want to call. You know, right. um, and it's so sterile. So. You know, I mean, it's like okay, I'm going to call a number, and then what? I mean, they don't know me. Yeah, no, exactly. And you call this lady. And, you know, I ended up doing it instead of a therapist, now, which, which is nice, but it was still like some automated voicemail, some lady overseas, very great. No, no, definitely. I've, I've been, I've called that number, man. That number that you're saying that's on top of the yeah. urinal, you know, nobody looks at. I've definitely called that number. And it's just like you say, it's, it's disconnected. It's not an, it's, it's an automated, you know, kind of system. And that's what we need to get away from. That's what we need to get away from, for sure. And I think what I will credit, specifically, you know, Cal Fire as a whole and other agencies, there's no buddies, is like, we have like seven or eight battalion chiefs in Sacramento, and that's their job. And I thought it was a joke. We were like, wait, there's a battalion chief in charge of ESS? What the hell is that guy doing? And no, I I sat down with this individual on the beach Mm. in Monterey, you know, just... I was smoking a cigar because it was just easing my nerves and I was talking to him and just vented to him about everything. You know, I'd call him by his first name. Yeah, he was a chief, but that's all he did. And he's the one my buddy introduced me to who set me up with this trip, this PTSD trip. And I didn't even have to, you know, I hated calling that ESS line and be like, oh, where's their therapist and mm-hmm. whatever. He said, hey, send me your address. Tell me how many miles. I'll take care of everything else. And mm. within 24 hours, you know, I had a text message of five different therapists who already knew my situation or were willing to take me in. I didn't have to go through that whole point of, hey, you know, uh, yeah, I'm sorry, I'm not taking new clients. And, yeah. Yeah. You know, Pranay, I, I, I'm really, I know this is a bittersweet moment because I know you're flying out and you're going to go to this retreat soon and it's the moment before. Tomorrow. But he's going tomorrow. Tomorrow. And um, it's pretty great. Um, but this is a really important time to document because this is a changing point in your life and the alternative could be suicide then what then it's the end and then the the ripple effect you know think of all the people you you know you're a savior for other people and you don't save yourself and i am a child of my father committing suicide and i talk about that in our intro podcast and there was no sign because he was the jokester and the boss and the leader and he had all these images he wanted to portray so he didn't turn to anyone he didn't call someone like you did it hurt the ego right so you did that you reached out to your friend and now you're on your way and i'm sure uh, I can only imagine to be uncomfortable that, you know, we have our own thoughts of what a PTSD nope. retreat would be. So I'm, yeah, I'm really yeah. excited for you. I am. And, and that's, you know, when, she, when we were texting, uh, you know, it's coming down Highway 80, coming down, leaving work. And, uh, you know, I said, hey, how about this? And in my head, I was like, fuck no. Like, I, I don't want to do this. You know, I, I did. I did think about it. It took a while for me to text you back. And, uh, I thought about it and it was like if I was really close to taking my own life, extremely close, um, it was lined out. I knew what to do. And that was the dangerous part. They said, if you have a plan and yeah, I did, mm-hmm. you know, I did. And, uh, 
I just realized, uh, you know, I, I didn't care. I know a lot of people would be hurt if I'm gone, I know, but I didn't care. You know, I just, just me. But I realized that, okay, if I can actually talk about this, if I can successfully graduate this program in Colorado, if I can come back and hop back on fire engine, which, which I will, yeah, I can work in the next day, I fly back. And I mean, <laughs> even sit down with my crew at my station and talk about this. And, and some guys will be like, yeah, cool, whatever, you know, this is awesome. Glad you, you figured your shit out and I'll get back on the fire. And then there'll be some people that hopefully that may be quiet who will realize that there is help. Um, and if I can save somebody else's life, maybe one day I can be that battalion chief. That'll be right. a young, you know, seasonal firefighter down the road. That's it, man. That is beautiful. That's mm-hmm. what it's all about. That is why you got into it. It's to save lives, right? Yeah. So it's it, yeah. You, it's not, it might not have been the picture perfect, like, hey, I'm going to save a baby out of a burning building. If, you know, you, you put it out there that you want to save lives, and this is a way that you might be able, might be saving lives in the future, is to let your story be known and uh, see who it affects. Absolutely, brother. All right, Pranay. Well, we're going to contact you and do a follow-up part two. And after you come back from your retreat, and we're really excited to uh, start that conversation. Absolutely, buddy. Hey, thank you so much again, buddy. I know it takes a lot, a lot, a lot of courage and uh, bravery. What you're doing right now is, it's, 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 this is what it is to be a man, man. This is what it is to be a man. This is what it means to be a first responder. Absolutely. All right, brother. All right, Pranay. You take care, and uh, we'll see you soon. All right, buddy? Absolutely. See you guys. Absolutely. This is Project Mayday. Call out.